Hey guys, welcome back to The Grove, which is a filmmaking podcast where we share our experiences, stories, and knowledge from both on and offset. We like talking about business, processes, and gear. Hey, I'm the co-owner and video producer here at Orange. And I'm Ethan, co-owner and cinematographer here at Orange Video. So in part one, we talked about how we got into filmmaking. And in this episode, part two, we'll dive deeper into solving the pain point of working separately from home, finding a new space, and then branding Orange Video. So let's get started. All right. So as we dive in to part two, I don't think we ever... I don't think we even knew that uh, the first one was going to be a part one. This is going to be a three-part series, but it has kind of turned into that. So thank you for joining us for the second installment of this episode where we kind of talk to you guys about where we came from, how we got into the space, and uh, the next episode will be kind of what our first year in business looked like. So we'd alluded to in the previous episode that we'd got to a point in our business together where me and V had started doing more work together. We had then found a pain point and working separately from our houses. And that is, it's tough to do when we're working on projects, on video projects where there's large files to be shared between each other. Then we get into swapping drives back and forth. And if he needs me to jump on a different project, you know, he's got to come to my house. I got to run to his house to grab the drive. He's got to prepare that drive for me. And it's just, it's just a lot of manage. So we knew that the next thing on our horizon was to move into our own space. And remember that the hard drives and the editing um, remotely was just one part of the puzzle to solve. Was The biggest thing was collaboration. So we were getting to bigger projects that required a lot of our time to brainstorm and work together on the planning side of it things. So we were FaceTiming um, and Zooming a lot. Zooming so that we can share the screen. FaceTiming when we needed to do quick calls and we needed to flip the camera to, sh- to show our editing timeline or to review each other's work. So that was not a great kind of workflow, but it was just to get us by. So we yeah, would spend- I remember I remember multiple calls where you would call and flip your camera around to point at the screen and show me something. I was like, dude, I just, I can't even tell what you're trying to show me. So the FaceTiming thing could only get us by for so long, but yeah, we did that for a, a while. So as we decided that we had this pain point of working from separate homes and knew, knowing that we needed to get into a new space together, we also knew that we had to rebrand into a business. And so- we eventually landed on Orange Video, but there were a lot of iterations before that. So let's talk a little bit about those brands before that we came up with and then how we ended up to Orange Video. Yeah. So do do we remember all the na- different names we had? I know we probably had a lot of joke names. We had a few serious kind of working names that we were kind of playing with. Let's throw some out there. I remember Endeavor. I definitely remember Endeavor. I think why that one sticks in my head most because we we're on a plane ride back with Rob from the airport and Honor, my wife, said that she was going to ride it on a sign and stand outside the airport for us when we got back. Anyway, I'm glad she didn't end up doing that. She got busy and wasn't able to make a sign, but I'm glad she didn't because <laughs> Rob would have been there staying with and say, well, who, who is Endeavor? <laughs> Ethan, do you not forget? I just showed you the picture. Your wife made the sign. Did she? She I never stand, saw this. She didn't stand outside. She had it in her car. She had the oh, sign. Oh, that's right. She was late to picking us up because we had asked her to get food for us and Whataburger took forever. It was a late night flight coming back in. She had the sign there for us, okay. but we were, we were, we all had a sigh of relief when we, when we were late, she was late picking us up. And so everybody was gone by then. So she had the sign and we were just worried at that moment that, um, you know, people would see the name that we were just still kind of experimenting with. We were seeing how it felt. So we didn't share it with other people at that time. Yeah. So what other, do you remember any other names? that we had i honestly don't remember a lot of other names i just know you you really wanted to uh to jump to the space theme and you were pushing really hard at that i think really earlier on you're wanting to do something with like an ox or something oxbow 
Yeah. You had a really good picture of a logo in your head and you didn't want to drop that? Um, I saw some cool Oxbow logos that have been done in the past. And Oxbow, it's a bend in a river. So I remember camping at a place and the campsite was called Oxbow. And so that was like my only you know connection to that. See, now that sounds much cooler because I was just thinking of Oxbow, the street in Tallahassee, or maybe it's a neighborhood. You know? You're thinking of Ox Bottom. No, there's, Ox, there's also Oxbow. No, no, Oxbow. I went camping on a, at a site and it was called Oxbow, <laughs> but I learned that it was like a bend in the river. So logos had to have been done already in the past are like hinting at that river. But I thought it would be also cool. At the end of the day, that didn't stick. Yeah, so I think what ended up at Orange was V's kind of obsessed with Orange. He's Orange. He's been told before that uh, he's very bold for wearing orange all the time. What that really meant to me was that V is very brave for wearing orange all the time <laughs> because it takes it takes a brave spirit to, to wear this bright, bold orange color. So I like orange um, mainly, uh, you know, one of my inspirations for wearing orange is um, uh, my, one of my favorite graphic designers, Aaron Draplin, and he loves using the bold, the bold orange. And I've always liked orange as well, but he takes it to another level. And once I started following him a lot more um, and just seeing how he implements that orange and making it pop and, you know, orange is so high visibility and so fun to play with, you know, it doesn't match and it doesn't have to match anything. It's just there. (laughs) So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely a statement piece. But so we're starting to lean turn towards orange. Um, I think I was more than V. I don't think we even thought of it. But then I at one point brought it up to him. Hey, let's just name the company Orange, Orange Video or something like that. And I think at first he thought that I was just kind of joking. But I uh, I kept pressing it. And eventually I kind of mocked up a little logo and uh, kind of showed that to him. And he's like, you know, what? maybe this maybe this could work. And at that point, I don't even think we we're going the route of fruit or we weren't thinking fruit. Um, and, you know, guys, we are from Florida. And so orange is the like designated fruit. I know it's not native to Florida, but it is pretty much synonymous with Florida now. Yeah, so we just decided, you know what, let's let's just go ahead and 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 embrace it and we'll go for it. Yeah, and we were we're both from born and raised in Florida. Um and so I think it just made sense that Yeah, with you know, our company roots being in Florida. Our company roots in Florida and a lot of our businesses are from from Florida. So it was just a nod to what Florida has given us so far. After we kind of landed on a name, we decided that we didn't want to have the responsibility of designing a logo and coming with all the little assets that go along with with a whole brand. Um, So luckily, though, V knew of a designer in town. Do you want to speak to that, V? Yeah. So Eric Thomas and Connor and their team over at Understory, um, they do a lot of branding work. I met them through an AIGA networking event where it's for graphic designers, but I love the graphic design world because I think there's something nice about designing, you know, texts or fonts and logos and branding. Everybody has one. So it's not something you should overlook. And I knew that Eric and and the team are great at branding. They do great websites too. So I reached out to him, asked him more of as a favor, like, hey, could you help us? We don't have a lot of money right now. Could you help us take a, um, take a look at branding and kind of help us get on our feet with it? Um, we'll trade you video and we have some money to pay you, but it wasn't a whole lot. So he, he took, he took it on and, and knocked it out of the park. Um, we, we, we did a lot of meetings with him. Yeah, we had, there's a few different iterations. He'd bring us in after him and his team had kind of come up with some first drafts. And then we, me and V kind of whittled down to what we liked, what we'd like to see a little different on the designs. So then we came back from another meeting after they had worked on them a little more and fleshed them out more. And, and we, we kind of picked out one. It was cool though. Cause I remember, uh, 
us going in there and he showed us like not only did he just show us the designs but he showed us the designs on a shirt on some gear you know on some camera cases so it was cool seeing like what our logo could look like on real world items so i feel like that really helped us you know put put that frame of mind for us and we were able to kind of whittle it down easier that way yeah and to be honest um i wasn't in love with our orange logo um, from the beginning, you know, it didn't, it wasn't love at first sight, but it really grew on me after, you know, a few other meetings after honing, like after really, you know, refining that logo, um, it really grew on me. And I, and like, like Ethan said, as understory put it on different applications, I was able to see, wow, this could really work. I like, I like seeing this on set, um, because he put it on Pelican cases, on sandbags, like all the applications that we we could use on set. Mm-hmm. And we actually implement that today. So it's kind of cool seeing how um, this could work from us. And I think at the, at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted to go um, with Understory with a professional branding agency because I wanted to, I wanted that that holistic approach and I wanted to see how our logo can be applied and not just come up with some dinky logo that can only get us through you know, a few applications. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. So there is value in seeking professional design. Yeah. And at that point, you know, we were, you know, we wanted to take ourselves seriously and we knew that we needed some help. And, you know, we reached out to someone who was good at their job because we expect people to reach out to us uh, who we're good at our jobs. And so it's just kind of made sense. At least we think so. <laughs> at least we think so. Cool. So, so that kind of gets us steered into the right direction of orange, but so the problem was still, we were working from home. We we still needed a unified space somewhere where we could really kind of grow into and start to build this business for real. Yeah. And so as we were doing these branding meetings, we were still just going back to our own houses and meeting up or, you know, when we could at, at coffee shops or, you know, I do remember a few coffee shop meetings and Ethan um, wondering why we're meeting at coffee shops and spending money on coffee because he doesn't drink coffee. So he would go there and buy like five muffins, you know, <laughs> I would buy the occasional muffin. So we met at coffee shops and he would just devour muffins. Um, and so the biggest thing now is finding a space. So let's talk about what our requirements were in a space. Yeah. So I think, you know, we we were able to dream big. You know, of course, we want this huge facility with a huge studio, huge offices, lots of extra working space for, you know, future people on our team, all that kind of stuff. But we we, we needed to think in terms of um, reality and, and see where we are now, what's what's realistic now, but also something that we could grow with. Um, you know, we, we need to find a space that would work for now and in the future to some extent. So so we put together a list. Uh, so you want to go through this list, V? Yeah. And first and foremost, we didn't have a lot of money back then. You know, it's like it wasn't like we had so much extra profit or cash to to spread around. And so we quickly found that getting a nice space was expensive and that we had to maybe realign our uh, requirements yeah, that's and a good way to put it. compromise on some things. But some are requirements. So close to our house, um, close to our homes. And so Ethan and I live about, you know, 10 minutes apart. Um, we're on the north side of our town. So we wanted something in that area. Yeah, ideally it would have been awesome if, you know, we could have found some spot that was, you know, kind of right in between our houses, kind of off off the main roads. You know, we want it to be nice and quiet, especially if we're going to have like a, a studio going on. So this is just stuff we were thinking of. We needed to have a parking space for our trailer. So we have a 12 foot um, enclosed trailer that we hold all of our grip and gaff gear. And so we needed a place for that. Ideally it would go in its own garage. So having a place for it to, to live in. Yeah. And I think our thought process was if we had 
a nice big studio garage area, then we could back the trailer under there and store it there when we're not using it. And anytime we do need to use the studio, we can just pull the, the trailer out and voila, we have a nice large studio. So we wanted the garage to do to do double duty, basically, like Ethan said, have it as a studio, like with a seamless backdrop or for us to record stuff in there. I, I do think after viewing even just like the first spot that we found, we realized we're in Florida. There's not going to be a lot of garages that are AC'd. Uh, and if so, it's going to be a lot of money to to actually have to run that AC unit or, you know, we're going to have to have someone come and install a big AC unit for us. So I feel like we, we started to kind of adapt our minds to, to what was most realistic for us. They did offer to AC it for us and we thought it was very kind for them to offer us just to um, realize later on that it will be an extra cost. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to give a shout out to Brett Miller, who was our commercial realtor, who was also a client of ours in the past that kind of took on um, commercial real estate. So he was helping us through this, through this entire process, showing us around. You know, when we first reached out to him, we, were, we weren't as serious yet. We were just saying, hey, if you find a space that's really cheap and like can fit what we can do, let us know. And, you know, nothing really came out because nothing's cheap. And so when we got really serious about it, we were able to find, look, look through spaces. A lot of them weren't great. Yeah. So, so I think more things on our list is we wanted uh, to have our own bathroom, which sounds like a given, but there were some spaces, you know, there's some spaces out there where we might, there might be a bathroom in the back that's shared between, you know, a business or, or two businesses or three businesses. If, uh, if you're kind of dealing with storefronts, you know, there might be kind of a back hallway where it's a communal type bathroom area. So we, 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 we wanted to have our own space. I wanted our clients to feel comfortable when they came here. If we had any, yeah. any guests coming to the office, having a space that they're comfortable to use and sharing another bathroom with somebody else is not as comfortable, I don't think. It, you know, it's always cool to think, oh, we're going to have a big, nice open office, open floor plan. You know, we'll, we'll have maybe some some dividers. Very modern. Up. Yeah, you know, we wanted this modern, nice and airy open space. But working in video, I... And in the past, being at other places, I, I knew that it's important to have your own space. More more importantly, in, in terms of for sound. So when you're working with video, you're a lot of times going to have music playing on the speakers or just dialogue. And it's nice to be able to shut out the outside noise, noises, other noises are in the office, you know, other competing videos that are playing and just be able to focus on your video. So I, I knew I wanted my own office space and I knew that V would also benefit from his. So I don't know if that was going to be we search for a spot that either has his offices already built specifically for me and V or if, you know, we're going to have to build those ourselves. So yeah. And I worked in a cubicle before, like I was in an open space and I all, I exclusively wore headphones. Yeah. That's not fun. It hurts your ears when you're doing it day in and day out. Yeah, it did hurt. And I don't think I got the best quality, um, audio mixes because I was only hearing it through one device and, you know, so that, that isn't ideal. You, you should be listening to your, to your final mix on, on multiple speakers, you know? And so uh, another plus is if we can find a place that was nearby to other kind of places to eat lunch or grab it a, some coffee. Yeah. So, so we started looking, you know, we asked Brett, Hey, this is this kind of our list of wants or, or needs, you know, what can you do to help us find these? So he, he started searching and early on we, we tried out a few, we went and looked and, you know, I, I don't know if it was, it was probably out of desperation. I, I, I was ready to get into space. So everything we looked at, I was like, Oh, we can make this work fee. We can do it. Yeah. And we quickly found out that there was a lot of build that needed to happen on a lot of these places because we would walk into a lot of empty shells and we can dream big, but to make it into what we needed to do, we needed to do a lot of construction. 
and probably professional construction between putting up walls, repositioning air ducts and whatnot. So there was a lot of work that that needed to go into it and a lot of money that needed to go into it. And we didn't have all that money to front. So so that was a lot of issues we had. So so, so one of the first spots we looked at was it was it fit the bill and being kind of smack dab between mine and V's houses. It was it was kind of perfect in terms of location, but it was not the newest building. And I think previously it, it, had, was, to, it had to been used for some some type of shop or something. It was scary. Um, the the current business or the the most recent business that was in it was funnily enough named VHS. Um, I don't know if they did some kind of video stuff in there, but it was it was funny that it was a VHS like the videos. But anyway, so it was a really really big open garage area that we could have you know outfitted and turned into a really cool studio. There was no AC. Yeah, there's no AC. We we, we would have still had to do some work. We definitely had to paint everything. You know black everything out but it would have been it could have possibly been a really cool studio area but i think that was the first time we started realizing well you know what maybe we don't do a whole lot of studio work maybe we should rethink that um but anyway so you know then we we run upstairs to look at the office portion and the office portion was very small there was yeah there was there was a, a what you you know a main common area could have been like a lobby area and then there was there's two small offices attached to that uh one thing i particularly remember is that because this was like a loft office area, the the floor was just like not the sturdiest feeling. <laughs> you can feel yourself falling through. Yeah. So that wasn't something we wanted to do or have uh, clients come, come into. So we, while we enjoyed checking out the space, we decided to pass on that ultimately. So next up on some buildings that we looked at, um, there was one that was under construction because the, the landlord pretty much... Um, did not renew anybody's leases. And so I don't know if he kicked everybody out or they just ended and left, but there were a lot of, and this is a strip mall type of building. And so there were a lot of empty spaces for leasing there. So we looked into it and we really liked the way it was set up and it was big and there were a lot of opportunities there, but it was really expensive and it needed a lot of renovation. Um, And Ethan, funny enough, you remember the landlord looked looked at us and said, hey, you guys should go down the road and find something cheaper because I want a big corporation here. I want like a pizza hut or like a tropical smoothie here. I want someone who spends like three or $4,000 a month on rent here. So Yeah, and I, I think you wanted businesses that would attract a lot of foot traffic. You know, that's that's not us. You know, we're... We, we have clients come in from time to time, but we're not, we don't have people off the street coming in asking for video work to be done. So that, that wasn't us. And I think he realized that pretty quickly in his mind. So he was, well, he was, he was very nice. Uh, he was, he was great, but he, he just recommended, you know, that we might look into some other areas. Yeah. So then the next one up after that building is, uh, another small kind of space that we found that was kind of, we really liked it because of its modern design. It was, it's called Urban Green because it was designed to be sustainable in terms of um, efficient in the way it it cooled down the building. And, you know, the it had a terrace with like grass and greenery in there. So it was built almost like an experimental building. So it had a lot of modern kind of design to it. And the space we were looking for was, uh, looking at was pretty tiny, but it had a few parking spaces next to it. Um, it yeah, we, been, we thought we could have made it work. It would have been really hard to get the trailer in. It would have been really hard to get the trailer in. There was, you know, a park, basically, possibly a parking spot available for the trailer, but it would have been tough actually backing it into that location because it's right off of a cross street. 
you know, a little back alley across the street. Um, the, but the building itself, you know, inside was nice, like we said, but it was just, it was just an empty box. It was just a shell that, yeah, we, we could have, you know, made some, some little office spaces in it. You know, we actually had some contractors go in to look and measure the space and get a quote on, you know, what it'd be like to, to, to put enclose up some offices, yeah, to enclose some office, office spaces really expensive and they would have to redo the air conditioning too and they didn't even have a sink we had to get a sink installed yeah, we had to put in a, plumbing a kitchenette and have it plumbed over to like kind of attach to the bathroom but anyways Ethan and i were we were we were all in we, space. we, we liked sold. it we said take our take our money and we were really close to signing and then last minute they decided that they did not want to have us lease it and they they didn't give us a, a real reason why but it didn't work out and we were really bummed out we were I think we were pretty down. I think at that point we said, you know, if that isn't it, then this wasn't meant to be. We took a pause a little bit from looking. I remember we were, we were around the holidays and we were just, you know, we were pretty defeated at this point. So we found another space um, actually through Facebook Marketplace. And Ethan actually knew the, the landlords because they own a florist. Yeah, they own a florist shop, or whatever you want to call it. They were florist. And uh, I had worked with them previously doing wedding stuff. So I, I knew her. She was, you know, one of the nicest ladies ever. So I figured, hey, let's go, let's go check this spot out. Big space. Yeah. We walked in there and, you know, it actually, she had the measurements wrong on the Facebook post. And so we remeasured and we found that it was less space. Yeah, I think it was less space than what was advertised, but it was, it was still large, you know? It was a little bit awkward because we were splitting up the space on location with her. Like he was saying, okay, maybe you guys take a little bit less space so that I can have this space or... Never, never mind. You guys can have this space. How about let's share this space? Or, you know, this was the shared bathroom situation mm-hmm. too. So it was fun. And funny enough, her husband was a contractor. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of told her how we would like to build up the space. I, I made a little floor plan, maybe even 3D model and, uh, you know, V checked it out. And then we sent it over to her and her husband. And they came back with us with a quote on how much it would cost to, to renovate the space with how, how he wanted it. I think it was going to be what was it, like 40,000? 40, 40 to 50,000 in our our eyes are rolling back, but we were thinking about finding a way to do it. So anyway, so that was in the back of our minds. Meanwhile, Brett, our realtor, had kind of early on made us aware of this this particular space over by Red Eye Coffee. He told us, you know, there's a few little quirks, like the tenant is currently in it. We don't know when they're going to be out. There's some some clause with the AC or like you guys might be responsible for some, for some stuff. So we were, we were thinking, oh, sounds cool, but it, it probably isn't for us. But, you know, it was always stayed in the back of our mind. That location opened back up. So... And, and we say it opened back up, but not really. The tenants remained in it. Um, they, they eventually had to get, um, what do you call it? Evicted. Evicted. So this is, so this brings us to the next space. So that space we were looking before the florist shop, we were, we had the floor plans lined up and we had the contractor, her husband come in and give us a, a plan. And we were getting close because they were making compromises with, uh, with us. They were saying they could take over some of the costs, mm-hmm. um, as good landlords to help us move into the space. And we were getting close to saying yes. During that, we also drove by a location that we really liked in between uh, houses. Yeah. We ran up to the space because it said for lease on it. We walked up to the space. Another guy was looking at the space and he saw us coming. So he quickly wrote a check, gave it to the landlord and, and looked at us and said, sorry, boys, but this one's mine. Dang, that was another heartbreak. That was another heartbreak. That it was, was tough. It was right between Ethan and I's house. It was kind of perfect with office space open. I, I could have walked to it from my house. He could walk to it and we lost on that space it was pretty cutthroat we felt like this whole game of real real estate was not for us yeah <laughs> yeah we we had to take another pause and reevaluate at that point but that hurt but you know thinking back on that that was that was a really tiny space hard to get the trailer in it would have been it was on a hill but 
Anyways, going back to that base that we didn't really think too much about that Brett was showing us about, let's call that the, you know, the red eye space. We're calling it the red eye space because it's right next to red eye coffee, a local coffee shop. Ethan and I aren't big coffee drinkers. So we'd like the idea that our clients can come over and grab a cup of coffee. We can buy them a cup of coffee and they can come back to the office and chat with us. So we, we met with him and the, the landlord. Me and V didn't really know what to expect. We walked in, there was you know, a business operating currently in here that I don't know they were aware that we were coming to check out their space. It was, it was kind of an awkward situation, but we walked in, the landlord was very nice and showed us around. And to be honest, I, yeah, I think I remember after you told me, Hey man, this, this ain't it because it was, it was in rough shape. There was multiple different floors. There was a weird half wall in like the lobby area where people were working. There was some more tile under them. There was a kind of weird conference area that was just, it, I don't know, it, it looked like there was just, it was very messy. There was like garbage everywhere. It was, it was kind of not what you want to see when you're looking at, at spaces. Yeah, I was pretty down. I didn't, I could not visualize this and I'm a very, I can't, I can't ideate in my head. I need to see visuals. And so, yeah, Ethan's right. After I saw this space, I was, I told him like, this isn't it. This isn't the space, but Ethan being handy, he put together a, what do you call it? A it, was, it was like a 3D rendering. A 3D rendering, a walkthrough of a, a 3D rendering of what the space could be. I think you pulled an all-nighter. Yeah. I. Oh, man, I forgot about that. So I, to the best of my, my ability, I kind of made a floor plan based off of what I thought the measurements kind of were. You know, they were close enough to make a floor plan that looked similar to what we had seen based off of some of the pictures I had taken when I was there, um, but no real measurements or anything. So I think I pulled an all-nighter figuring out the best program to use. I had some experience in Google SketchUp before where I had done a 3D render of a building using Google SketchUp and then a uh, another program I think called Enscape, uh, a very expensive program, but luckily they had a free trial available that allows you to model the stuff in Google SketchUp and then kind of output it into this other program. And then it spits out, basically it looks like a video game, you know, like it's very fairly realistic and it, you know, allows you to see a space with, you know, natural lighting with, you know, with interior lighting and all that stuff added and it just, it makes it, it comes to life. He gave, I mean, he, he painted the ceilings. He added the orange wall, the accent wall. He did furniture. He did the modern kind of look on it and he designed it the way he liked it, which was a little bit too um, modern chic for me. So we brought that back down a little bit at first, but that was just a mock-up. That was just what it could be. Yeah. And I think after that point, V said, you know what? I, I think I can get on board with this. The, the building did include a little garage area. It was, it ended up not being quite big enough to put our trailer in, but there was a nice back parking lot. So like if we were to back our trailer up to it, we felt safe with it, especially if we put a security camera right there. In front of the, right in front of the garage doors, we could put the trailer there. So that was very helpful. Yeah. So, so we felt okay leaving our trailer out kind of outside, like not in a garage area. And then we realized, you know what, maybe we can put a small studio in the garage area or maybe the old conference room is there. Like, you know, maybe, maybe we can figure that out because after all, how often are we going to use a, a studio? So we, you know, we, we decided, you know, this, this could work. And the, I think the price was right, right? The price was right, especially once we showed them the visualization, the 3D rendering that you gave them. Yeah, and because, they... because at this point we knew how much renovations could cost. You know, we, we'd gone through that other process with the other building and other landlord and, you know, they'd quote us for 40,000 to basically turn an empty shell into something. So we figured it wouldn't be quite that much since there was already some, uh, 
some office spaces that were enclosed and there was there's already you know some bones to this space we just knew we had to clear out a lot of the other stuff um and so so we thought we could make this work and the landlords worked with us you know we showed them the, the visualization the 3d walkthrough they met with their board and they gave us rent deferral so that we can use that money towards this renovation which was awesome so we had um i don't know five to six months of of rent deferral which was great yeah it was a win-win for both us and the building owners because they get you know a renovated space out of it for whenever we do decide to leave the space you know they don't have to sell an ugly trashy place they can they might be able to up the rent or just be able to entice you know, future people. So we said yes, and they set us all up on the contracts. And when we went to go pick up the keys, it was a little awkward because the people that were here were still moving out. So they weren't ready. They got an, an evicted. And because the landlords were so nice, they said, yeah, you know, we'll give you an extra month just to get your stuff out. So they... <sighs> They, they went to the last minute. They went to literally the last minute. We were, we picked up the keys. They were still they're still there, moving the stuff out. So we were not even to get into our space after we got the keys. I think we waited till later on that evening. Yeah, I can't remember if we came back. I just know how sad I how saddened I was. You know, we signed the contract and we could not go into the space. Yeah, we were we were ready to to get up to our elbows and 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 work and renovation and start ripping up carpet and do all that stuff but that was not our day so we we sadly returned home and probably just dreamed the rest of the day of what what the space could be i think that evening we came back okay that evening we came back and you know ethan didn't have a lot of time and i didn't either but that night we pulled up our very first flooring we did we pulled carpet that's right and we took a photo a selfie of us in the space that was the first day and after that was okay let's start talking about that so I we we went that, hard just, just so people know timeline i think that that was february february 1st of 2023 february of 2023 so we got the keys we got we got in the space finally and we started pulling up carpet and now let's talk about all the renovations on our list So now let's get into the nitty gritty of renovating our space. We decided to do most of this ourselves and outsource a few things for things that we couldn't do. But with the help of, you know, my dad, our friends like Kyle or Tuan or, you know, my wife, Samantha, Hunter, um, Ethan's wife, um, Angela, and a, a, a lot of friends, Rob, Hannah, everybody came by to help us out. We, we And his whole family. And his whole family came by at some point. So we did we did a lot of these these things ourselves. So first, floors. Yeah, the floors was probably the the worst thing about this space, y'all. There was I, I think we we counted up and there was eight different types of floors. Eight different so we're talking about um we're talking about tile, we're talking about vinyl wood, we're talking about carpet. Real wood. Real wood, fake wood. There was there was vinyl wood I had to pull off. There yeah. was there's was, there's multiple iterations of actual ceramic tile different tiles. And so Ethan and I thought that, hey, we could probably go to Home Depot, find a rental, like we can find something to chip away things. So we went to the Home Depot, the nice lady there, and I've never rented power tools from there, but she actually got us to buy the more expensive version. And I was trying to be cheap. She said, you're going to need this bigger one right here. Yeah, I think that was a good call because even with that, man, there was so much tile and they used so much glue. I'm glad we had that bigger machine. That thing was loud. It was basically a jackhammer. Oh. At the end, at the, And at the end, it was just like this little blade type situation. Yeah. Flat our, 
our neighbors were not happy. We were. It was pretty loud because I could not. I had to put um, earplugs in oh, to, yeah, to get through. So yeah, we chipped at the floor. There was a weird half wall that was dividing the space. So it kept the space open, but it divided the space in a weird way. So that went down. Yeah. And not only was it a half wall, but also had like this funny beam that ran up the side of the, not an exterior wall, but our, our leftmost wall that shared a, another wall with the neighbors. And so we wanted to like remove that side beam. And then we were thinking possibly we could remove a top beam. So we had our boy Kyle come in, who was a construction guy. So he was able to help us and tell us, you know, what we could and couldn't do. And ultimately he was able to help us get rid of like the entire wall. And it just it opened up the space and made it look so much nicer. That was fun. Kyle came. He's a trooper, man. He drove up Friday night stayed at my place, helped us out Saturday, Sunday, and drove back Sunday and did a lot of work with us. So I had a big poster that I put up on the wall and we had all these these renovation items that had to be done. So being able to check or scratch off these items one at a time was really fulfilling. Yeah. And you know, there was, there was a lot more things on that list. You know, just to name a couple more, there was the ceilings. There was, you know, it was a white uh, drop ceiling, you know, the, the typical grid. Um, there was it was the white ceiling tiles with the big fluorescent lights that we knew we weren't going to like. There was two bathrooms and we knew we really needed one. We thought we would turn the other one into a storage utility closet. But even then, those bathrooms were in really ugly shape. Just the, the bathrooms were just in really bad shape and we would have been ashamed to let any of our clients use those. Yeah, so a lot of work had to be done. And so we're, ha- we're happy that a lot of people helped us. And so the biggest thing that we had to outsource in our renovation at that point was the floors. So we did kind of the first part of that, which is ripping up the carpet, ripping up the, the tiles. But even still, you know, there's, there's a concrete subfloor, but it's, it's not pretty. It was, it was nasty. It was either sticky with residue or just weird colors. Yeah. And so, you know, you go into a Home Depot or Walmart or anywhere who has like the, the kind of industrial cement floor and it's, it looks nice. You know, it, it's industrious, but it's, it's got a shine to it. So that, that takes a lot of work. And me and V kind of researched it first thinking, oh, we, we can do it. You know, we rented that one tool from Home Depot. We can rent some more and figure this we thing out. We thought about going to Home Depot and renting the floor shiner polisher, which probably wouldn't have done the job because you needed to grind and even these floors. Yeah. Like, like we said, there's a lot of the residue and stuff. So it takes a lot to get the floor even to a point where it can be shined and polished. You know, there was a lot of work that we watching YouTube videos we thought we could do, but ultimately we would have been way over our heads if we would have tried to. So we found someone, a professional um, from Southern Concrete Grinding, our boy Eric. Yeah. Our boy Eric came in, saved the day, brought all of his equipment, talked us through the entire process and came in and did the thing. And it was like a week of it. Yeah, weeks, he, was, right? he was here for like a solid, it was probably two weeks where it was grinding day after day after day just to get the floor level and even and then figuring out what to do just after think that. think about like vacuuming the floor in slow motion, like the way you just got to cover all the <laughs> entire floor it was, in slow it, motion. It was like a mini Zamboni for anyone who knows what that is at an ice skating rink. So he's just hitting it all day and he did multiple, multiple um, takes. You know, he would t- do multiple. Yeah, multiple passes. He, he, you know, he'd get through finally one pass of the whole floor, whole floor plan or whatever. And then he'd have to change change basically you know if you think of sanding wood you have to you know you have to up your your grit up your sandpaper grit so he would have to do the same thing with his grinding disc to get it more and more finely ground down and it was very loud our neighbors did not like that and the reason so is because the diamond grinder would create this high-pitched noise that would travel up to the ceiling and dissipate across the other bases and so we got a complaint yeah so the coffee shop you know constantly has customers so it wasn't the best but in reality we couldn't ask our floor guy to come in after hours to do this. You know, he's, he's running a business. He's got a family. 
he didn't even live in Tallahassee. So he was, you know, he was coming during business hours to do what he needed to do. So we, you know, we, we bit the bull and just had him keep going. We apologize to everybody, but we got it done after a few days of hard, of hard work. And so, yeah, that's where we were. And so now we had a space, an empty shell that was somewhat renovated. And, you know, we could go more into the ceiling tiles, Ethan, but let's just say that Thank you for everybody who helped us figure out the ceiling tiles because we hand painted them and then we ended up putting them. We took, well, first of all, we took everything off the ceilings and painted them, didn't work. And then we bought a spray, then we sprayed using a paint sprayer on the ground, on the ground and then put it up in the ceiling, messed them up as it went on the ceiling, and then realized we had to paint in place. And so painting the ceilings became the bane of our existence. I think the ceilings were the hardest part of this entire thing, and I would never go back. If I were to go back and I wasn't trying to be cheap, I would just buy the ceilings already yeah, black. Yeah, the black, black ceiling tiles. Should have did that. So then also, you know, we had to change out the lights because we had those big fluorescent lights with the tubes. So we knew we wanted recessed lights. So I had found some on, I don't know if it's Amazon or Home Depot or something Home like Depot. that. Home Depot. And then I went through with my little bit of electrical knowledge, which you should probably, we should probably preface this with saying you should hire a professional. But um, I went ahead and, and took care of the lights and we swapped out for some nice recessed lighting. And so we got the ceiling all in order. So what was left is we still had to paint walls. I think we took care of that pretty easily. We just used normal rollers, me, you, Sam, Angela. We had a lot, of, a lot of help with that too. Um, we got to know the Sherwin-Williams people pretty well. They, <laughs> yeah. they hated us. <laughs> we tried a few different orange colors out. But anyway, so we got our shelf space ready to go basically. And then what was left was to furnish, right? We first furnished it with our desk, right? Desks. We put, we put desks in our, in our offices so we can work at. Yep. So... At first, we just had folding tables. I remember having meetings in my office with a folding oh, table. And like folding chairs. What do you call it? Lots of folding, like camp chairs. Camp chairs, yeah. We were doing that, a lot of that, and that was humbling, but it was fun. <laughs> and so we needed first desk in our office, and then we went ahead and bought shelves for our gear storage down this hallway. Mm. We needed a space for our gear because at the first and foremost thing was, you know, renovating was, a oh man, what an experience. I... What a great time in our lives to just have fun and, and make something. You know, it was long hours, but it was still fulfilling work that at the end of the day, we can see like finished progress. V says it was a lot of fun meeting at these fold out tables and fold out chairs. But, you know, I think we can relate it to like you're you're leaving home for the first time for college. You move into an apartment and you have no furniture. You know, you have a fold out table and some chairs and maybe there's a TV on the ground. And, you know, you think you're, you're living the high life at that point. That, that's about how it was. You know, we had it had been such a long time coming. We finally had a space where we could just sit and talk and, you know, just just be together, united in a space. Yeah. I remember just saying, hey, come meet me in my office. And it was just that. It was <laughs> just that folding table and I would I love just sitting there I used to get there early mornings before we start renovating in the morning and just sit in my office space and there was nothing in there and so that was fun but first and foremost I was saying as we were renovating the space the most important thing was still production we were running a business mm -hmm. we still had to produce we still had to go on shoots and so the first thing we had to do was get the gear and get the gear functional on shelves and so we bought the, we went to Lowe's got the heavy duty gear shelves and installed them i think we made an IKEA run over a big to, IKEA over run. To we took our trailer over to yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, we emptied out our trailer gear. We went over with Sam. She came with us, and we we I feel like we raided IKEA. I think we we probably got a lot of stuff online first, so a lot of us pick up. I remember we pulled up there with the trailer, <laughs> y'all. It was crazy. We, we pulled up with the trailer. You know, we we lowered it in their one of their waiting spots, and out they come with a huge you know pallet on wheels, just with a ton of boxes. And we said, dang. 
don't know if we're going to have all the room for this. Then they came out with a second then one. Then they come out with a second a second pallet with even more stuff stacked on there. And we said, y'all, this ain't going to work. But luckily, I think it was Sam who who played Tetris the best and, uh, and got us all packed up in the trailer. She got us packed in. And I was really worried. And Ethan said, yeah, we ordered everything online because, you know, he's never been to Ikea. Yeah, it was my first time, y'all. First time. And from my experience of going to Ikea, I don't go often, but I know that going through that Ikea is like just a maze. It would have taken us all day to actually find furniture and then go to the warehouse and pick things up. So I told him, hey, let's go ahead and make this online purchase and have them ready for pickup. And they had that option. So we did it. And yeah. thank goodness. That's we could have done. And we, we still, I still got to have the experience. We still walked through and, you know, found some little uh, knickknacks that we wanted to have in the office. And I feel like maybe we're looking for a couple other big things, but so I got to go through and enjoy the, uh, the food court, which is really cool. The meatballs, all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, so, so we load up the trailer and then we had our next stop was actually, we'd found on Facebook marketplace. Well, here we should back, go back up, go back a little bit more because, uh, you know, I, would, the biggest thing in the office is a nice chair and Ethan was using rocking some Amazon crappy <laughs> Amazon chair Wayfair. Wayfair chair that you know like would tear his back up but he was into it <laughs> hey I got it because it was it was a really nice like brown leather oh it, it was just it worked so good in my previous space just in terms of the color that I, I couldn't pass it up I was losing money if I didn't buy it so I was already using a Herman Miller chair I think it's an Aaron a Aaron chair <laughs> and um I brought it to the office and let, I let Ethan take a little test drive for, for a couple hours. And I fell in love immediately. Great ergonomics, just a standard chair. Everybody, like every big office has an Herman Miller because you got to invest. If you're sitting all day or most of your day, you got to invest in some good chairs. And so... So anyway, really quickly, I jumped on Facebook Marketplace to see if there was any used Herman Miller office chairs like what I had just sat in available anywhere nearby. And there was some in Jacksonville and... I knew we were about to head to Ikea to make the Ikea run. So anyway, after we finished up at Ikea, we headed over to this to pick up this these chairs from this guy. At this point, I thought it was just going to be some guy's house. You know, we walk out, he has these chairs for us. We grab them, pay the man, and we head home. But it was it was something else. It was interesting. We go to this like warehouse district, I feel like, in Jacksonville, and we go into this like sketchy parking lot. We have trouble finding the area. Finally we find it. It's in this like old looking building that looks like it was probably in its heyday, maybe in the maybe in the seventies. You know, a lot of brick, not a lot of windows. We roll around, V is parking the trailer, and I walk in and there is probably the biggest warehouse I've ever seen filled with office equipment and chairs. Mostly chairs. Yeah. And it was so it's all secondhand office items. My theory, or no, this is a real theory, and I think it's probably true. When big corporations shut down, mm-hmm. they're just buying it wholesale bulk, and then they're reselling it. So the the market for Herman Miller chairs is vast. Yeah, I mean, new, they're what, 900, 1,000, 1,200 bucks? Yeah, and how much we get? We're like at half? Oh, we got we got each chair for like maybe 300 or something? Yeah, we had a really good deal on it. But yeah, of course, they're secondhand. Great shape, and oh, he had, they're, he had they're plenty great to choose from. If there was one with a little bit of a, a nick where you didn't like it, you can choose the next chair over a lot of inventory. But yeah, we got them. Yeah, it was it was cool, you know, and they were the guys were as nice as can be. So anyway, they, they sold us these chairs after we tried them out and looked at a few other things in the office, but ultimately just decided to go with the chairs. So we loaded these, we threw the chairs over top of the rest of the Tetris pile in the trailer, um, and we headed back to Tallahassee. And that following weekend, um, you know, we had no plan on how we're going to build the furniture. We just knew that it had to be built because, you know, Ikea furniture is like a puzzle. So 
I decided that, hey, let's just get the community back together, get all of our friends. Let's let's get some help because there's no way we can do it ourselves. So we decided to do like a pizza party build night. So all of our friends would come over. We would have food for them. Everybody picks one object to build and they help and they build it. And it was pretty successful. Don't you think I, her Hannah's entire family came out? Yeah, they came. I think they got like the kitchenette together for us single handedly. So we kind of got that installed. I don't think we had water running to it yet for a while. Um, we got, what else did we get up? We had a few other pieces in our we office. Chris, Josh building couches for us. That's right. Um, well, the couch is the lobby area. The couch for my office. Yeah. Um, Sam and Angela were all helping. Everybody was here helping. Twan, I think, was even here too. And and I think this is the night where where I started the, the infamous... Uh, conference table. Conference table build. So let's. So I was pretty disappointed with Ethan. Ethan that <laughs> night do, because you were, you were so upset. Because everybody came to do a job. Ethan's job was to come and build this big conference table that he promised me. Rain, water. What is it called? <laughs> I said it was going to be easy. A waterfall table. Waterfall table. Kind of like the big tables you you see when you walk into the Apple Store. And so the idea behind a waterfall table is it's covered in wood, but from the top to the sides, the the pieces kind of like fall over so that the wood grain basically continues as if it was all made out of a single piece of wood. So that illusions there you know when what that entails is cutting these pieces of wood at 45 degree angles on the ends so when they match up it looks like it's just all one fluid piece of wood so the man comes in about an hour late because he has to put his daughter to sleep of course at night he has a newborn yeah. uh, like a new baby <laughs> and so he comes about an hour late in shorts he doesn't bring his ipad <laughs> in shorts. thank you for pointing he, that he out does, he doesn't bring the ipad that I he mocked up he home. forgets it he forgets that he has to have wood for this project no so, i think we had wood at that point some wood not all the wood we needed he's starts building the base and whatnot and that goes smoothly so so your boy chris he me and him went to went to town on it we uh we got a lot done in terms of the frame in terms of so basically i was making like this internal frame this the the structure out of two by fours and then we we're basically just going to cover it in plywood so so we got the frame knocked out and it, it looked good but it was a skeleton so we couldn't actually set anything on it so we hit a snag the, yeah the snag was the tabletop itself <laughs> so the snag was the table <laughs> believe it or not um so yeah, those 45 degree angles that I was telling you about, that's it's actually pretty intricate and pretty tough to do, you know, keeping it nice and straight with with at least with the tools I had. Without having a full like um table, right? Yeah. Cutting I, table. So I had a table saw, but it's not, you know, it's not attached to a full table. It you know, it's it's a mid grade one. It's not professional gear. So I was trying to figure out the best way to do that. And after you know, we got through that night, and I said, "Hey, man, this ain't gonna happen tonight. Let's just leave it as it is for now." So months later, fast forward months later, the table is not built yet, and we compromise on not building a waterfall table. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, we end up patching it up with some plywood. It looks good if you don't look too close. There's the far side of it that's like closest to the wall, the the side that's away from you when you walk in. I would not recommend going and looking at that side because that side was done very haphazard just to get it done because VCAT pressured me to get a table done for us. It's done though. It it looks, it appears good. I think we've gotten multiple compliments on it, which is, it's all we really need, right? Yeah. Then now the final thing is really that studio. So the studio space was used as storage and we thought we were going to put a studio. We thought we were going to use a, a seamless backdrop kind of space. Needless to say, all throughout this, me and V were still hard on production timelines and, and getting projects done, you know, the, the real work. Um, you know, we were just having fun with this renovation stuff, but it was stuff that still had to get done. So in between all the productions, we would get done what we can. So this is, you know, months down the road now, we're, we're finally getting to this little studio area and we decided, hey, this is kind of small. Like, we don't know how well it's going to work for a studio area. You know, we can fit a backdrop in here, but where are the lights going to go? You know, and we're thinking in our minds, you know, what if, what if our team scales up? What if we have, you know, some other part-timers? 
artists who come in to work on the computers or, you know, some interns, stuff like that. Where are they going to go? So we finally kind of got through that art in our heads where we're like, you know what, we've maybe shot one or two things in a studio before. So let's let's nix that idea. We can still throw a seamless in there if we ever need to, but let's let's work on conversing to a multi-purpose area. You know, we'll throw desks in there, we'll throw computers in there so extra people can go and work in there. And so what we had to do is we already had, I think your wife Sam and maybe Angela or, or full s- blackout. Yeah. So we we blacked it out. It was gonna be a, it was gonna be a studio, y'all. It was full blackout. Painted the walls black, painted yeah. the ceilings and black, it so everything. Funny. It was a black because hole. There was one, a single light up there that was like hanging on a wire and it just looked like an interrogation room for the longest time so we said hey guys you know what let's get you back here we're gonna repaint this this room but they you know they came with smiling faces and they did it you know that they painted it uh you know kind of the the slate gray hannah okay so hannah our production designer who's part-timer yeah so we gave her like full autonomy to kind of just design the space into like this multi-purpose space brighten up the space by painting it so we gave her full autonomy she knocked it out of the park i think her and rachel and her husband came over one Saturday morning, knocked it out, or Saturday day, full day, knocked yeah, it out. Took a while. We got all the furniture through Amazon, brightened up the space, and yeah, it turned out well. It, yeah, because I remember Hannah and Rachel sat down, they put their brains together, and like, actually came up with a, a floor plan just for the studio space. You know, we said, hey guys, if this is a multi-purpose room where it needs to be functional to build props, to have people working, we want to have a couple desks, a couple computers. You know, design this how you would want it. We would. We wanted them to have that that say in it, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So so they found you know a really cool bookcase that goes on one of the walls. They found some nice desks that look good, but they're cheap. You know, they, they found some, some rolling tables that could fold out to be like, you know, working places to make props and stuff. It really worked out well. They did a really good job. And me and V, you know, we said, put together an Amazon list and we'll buy it. So we did that. All stuff came in. We got it tidied up. I finally got the lighting squared around in there and it's it's looking like a nice space. So the whole office coherently now at this point is finally to a point where we're, we're happy to have people come in and check it out. You know, I think the last piece of the puzzle was getting a sign up on our big orange wall. When you first walk in, you see it. So we finally, after after a little bit of back and forth, we won't go too much into it, but we we finally got a nice sign on the wall. A big sign, guys. Think big orange logo, our logo, if you know it, onto the wall. It's backlit. There's some LED lights, strips behind there. It's a big, bold statement. It was what was missing in the space. But yeah. And so the sign itself, it's it's orange. You know, it's it's orange acrylic on an orange wall. So it's cool. It's like, it's, it's this huge logo, but it's understated because it's orange on orange, but then it's kind of brought, it's set apart from the rest of the orange wall with this, these back. I'm so glad we lights. didn't go black or white on yeah. there because people were telling us some weird colors. Or we we thought about stainless. Like I, I think I was the one idea. Like let me give credit on record that I was the orange on orange idea person. Just saying. Yeah, it, it looks great. If you haven't seen it, you need to at least find a picture of it or you know come by the office. We're we're happy to give you guys a tour and show you around. So yeah, now I think we're wrapping things up. But like Ethan said, we're in a place now where we feel comfortable with showing people around. I don't have to say. Hey, pardon the the construction, which was my go-to phrase when people mm-hmm. came in um, <laughs> to say, hey, we've been lazy and we haven't got the stuff done that we needed to do, or we don't even know if this is going to be done. So I don't have to say that phrase anymore. Yeah, we actually, you know, it looks pretty nice. We got some TVs up on the wall. We have some wall decorations, some pictures, a map. You know, it's it's starting to look like there's people that actually work here. There's little details that we've put together, like our TVs run all of our previous work on one TV. On another TV, we have a slideshow of photos that we curated with a little bit of description of what that photo is. Hannah has done some great production design in her office.
this. She put up some fake plants everywhere, pictures of behind the scene photos. So a lot of small details wherever you look it, and the place is starting to feel like home. We have um, a little Nintendo Switch that we get to play with um, now where we have a little break or downtime we're, we're doing. So we're creating a, a nice little space, a little good company culture and we're excited for the future. Yep, it's, it's a nice homey environment where we can look at and really feel proud of what we did because we know how much blood, sweat and tears went into this space. So stay tuned for part three where we're going to wrap up this series and talk a little bit more about our first year in business and talk more about the production side of things. So while we weren't renovating, what were we doing to keep this business afloat? Thanks guys so much for listening. Catch you again soon.